Welcome to the Autonomous Vehicle Daily Tech Podcast. My name is Hassan Akram. I am the host of the Autonomous Vehicle Safety and Security Podcast. This is my second podcast. And in this podcast, we will be broadcasting focused discussion on technical subject matter. Enjoy the podcast and thank you so much for listening. Wow, that is super exciting because we have Elon Musk saying since 2019, we're going to have level four, level five this year and hasn't hadn't happened. And you're saying that we are far away, which I totally agree, which I resonate with what you're saying, because this is a, I, I mean, how long did we take to get complete autonomy or partial autonomy in the aviation industry and which is a much simpler task in compared to driving on the road. So it's far, far away. I fully agree with you. Now, um, you brought a very interesting topic. Let's talk about it. The human interface, like the human in the loop. Now, I was reading a very interesting book on autonomous weapon the other day. It's called The Army of None. So there's this chapter where they're talking about in 1983, September 1983, the world was in a biggest crisis the humankind have ever seen. The world was in the midst of Cold War, right? So the Soviets, they developed a nuclear launch detection system. And in some days in September, I think it was September 3rd, their system detected a nuclear launch. And that just means counter-strike. If you detect a nuclear launch from the other side, you strike back. That would mean that nuclear warfare and probably end of civilization. So there was this gentleman, Lieutenant Colonel Petrov in the Soviet army, who was thinking, wait a minute. His intuition was telling him something different. Wait a minute, I want to double check. He didn't launch the counter-strike he double-checked it. He really wanted to see what's going on. And it turns out that it was a false alarm. So human in the loop saved mankind from distraction, saved us from nuclear warfare. So I really, really like the way you have um, you know, argued the human in the loop. Now, let's come back to robot industry, right? You know, burger making, making uh, robot, right? Now, it is interesting that the robot is making the burger. Don't you think the human interface is also missing from that angle or will that really flow? Where is really, I mean, you gave an example that in a load bearing scenario, it's fully, you don't need the human, human interface. Where is the borderline? Where, till what extent we, we need human? And where can we say, hey, we don't need human here? And is it gonna change with time, the, the involvement of human? Great questions. Uh, I think, uh, let's take the second one first. I really think it will change with time. Um, what we, our expectations of any system today will change 10, 20 years from now as systems evolve. So I think it will change with time. Um, the human, human interface, the human in the loop, I think is needed where there's a value judgment, where there is a in human interaction or a value judgment to be made where we don't yet have smart enough systems, smart enough AI to truly do it. And, and uh, the ultimate example of that value judgment is in not launching a nuclear strike, right? That's, a, <laughs> that's, that's the highest that's level yeah. example of, of that. Um, in the burger flipping machine, 
I'm certain there'll be a human taking the order still. Now, if you take it all the way and have a machine where you just walk up, press a button, and the burger comes out and you take it and walk away, you've not said hello to a human being. You've not thanked them. I, and I don't think we as humans are quite ready for that yet. I've been to airports where they have automatic coffee machines. It's a large vending machine. You hit a lot of buttons and you can get your, your macchiato from it. It's not the same feeling as standing in line and getting a cup of coffee from someone who passes it to you. So I'm not certain. And again, that's an example of time where we'll get used to. We do take cokes from vending machines, but do we want a macchiato and croissant from a vending machine? I just personally don't feel ready for that. I feel ready for a burger flipping machine in the background to make that burger perfectly and probably have the sensors to get it exactly right. You know, the medium rare burger is going to be perfectly medium rare. That I think, and again, these are just values, Hassan, it will change with time. The bigger issue is how will artificial intelligence evolve and what truly will make it intelligent? What will be that pace of evolution where a system can be truly intelligent. The game of uh, Texas Hold'em, the poker game of Texas Hold'em, is more complicated than chess because chess is deterministic. You see everything. And therefore, a computer is just amount of computing power that's needed to predict all the possibilities and everything is in the open. In Texas Hold'em, there are two cards that you see and each person has two cards. So the computer does not have all the information. It's facing an indeterministic problem. And today they have a championship where they pitted computers against the world-class poker players. And they played enough hands over 21 days to make it, you know, they were eight hours a day, 21 days they've played poker. And the computer won. Yeah. So the artificial intelligence has reached a point where in a game where there are unknowns to the computer, completely unknowns, it had the ability to beat world champions. Oh. And that, I think, is the birth of real intelligence. I love that example because in that example, we thought that the human intuition will probably win over pure numbers. You're just calculating probabilities, but we forgot that there is a camera which can actually recognize micro expression from your face and kind of also put some intuitive things in the calculation. And it was amazing that the example you gave that, you know, the computer beat us not only chess, in poker. Let's talk about two things now. First of all, AI, right? Intelligence, IQ. In my opinion, IQ will be commoditized. It's already commoditized, you know, it's a commodity. We already know that people with IQ, they, they're not the highest earners in the society. Your IQ on top does not mean that your income level will go high. So IQ will be commoditized, it's already been commoditized. What makes us different is the EQ, our emotional intelligence. Now, even in the poker game, where your intuition and all those matter, we were beaten by computers. Now, can you tell us what do you think, what would be the definition of, like in the beginning we talked about the definition of intelligence is gonna change. 
And can we also go toward emotional intelligence in machines? And how would that be? I think ultimately machines will gain empathy and emotional intelligence. It's so difficult to understand because, for example, you go backwards on, on the scale and say, do our dogs and cats have emotional intelligence? And intuitively, the answer is yes. They have a different kind of intelligence, obviously. They don't, they don't have language skills. They don't have the communication skills. Do they have the ability to think ahead? It's a question, and it's not been answered very satisfactorily. They seem to, but they don't. Um, I think the machine intelligence or the machine emotional intelligence will be different from ours, but I think in the entire universe, the wider universe, there's probably many types of intelligence which we don't understand yet. That is extraterrestrial life forms. Will they have the same kind of intelligence as us or completely different? We don't know the answer. So I feel that machines are getting very, very advanced and we're just at the beginning. A um, hundred years from now, artificial intelligence will look completely different. We'll have, we, have, we have no idea today what it will look like. And I think that there will be a stage where emotional intelligence that you're bringing up will, will come out of a machine.